It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. What was the overarching lesson of Sun Tzu's classic, The Art of War? It's different than what many think it is. We'll look at that in our thought of the day. And in our interview segment, former Navy SEAL turned entrepreneur Brandon Webb connects the pressure of special operations forces with success in the business world. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. Have you ever read The Art of War? It's a classic written by or at least attributed to, since no one is totally certain, Sun Tzu, a Chinese military strategist. Written back in 5th century BCE, it's not only considered by many to be the definitive treatise on military strategy, but for business strategy as well. You may remember the famous scene in the film Wall Street, where Michael Douglas's Gordon Gecko shares a piece of wisdom from the book with his protege, Bud Fox, played by Charlie Sheen. I've often heard business people who consider themselves to be ruthless, take-no-prisoners type brag about having read The Art of War, but I generally get the feeling they never actually read it, because had they, then they would have understood the major lesson in the book. In fact, a passage written by Thomas Clary in his translator's introduction of the book summed it up, I believe, perfectly. It goes like this. According to an old story... A lord of ancient China once asked his physician, a member of a family of healers, which of them was the most skilled in the art. The physician, whose reputation was such that his name became synonymous with medical science in China, replied, My eldest brother sees the spirit of sickness and removes it before it takes shape, so his name does not get out of the house. My elder brother cures sickness when it is still extremely minute so his name does not get out of the neighborhood. As for me, I puncture veins, prescribe potions, and massage skin. So from time to time, my name gets out and is heard among the lords. Clary ties this story and its lesson to Sun Tzu's philosophy that, and this is so key, the peak efficiency of knowledge and strategy is to make conflict altogether unnecessary. In other words, To overcome others' armies without fighting is the best of skills. I'm reminded of this because today's interview is with Brandon Webb, a former Navy SEAL sniper, now very successful entrepreneur, who just released a fantastic new book, which we'll be discussing. And one of the earliest stories in the book had to do with a life-and-death decision that, while made at that very instant, was made successfully because of all the prior work that went into dramatically increasing the odds that such a decision would be the correct one. And like the work done by the eldest brother in the earlier story, Brandon shows us how following the correct principles in advance will dramatically increase our odds of being successful in business and successful in life. Brandon Webb, coming up right after this. Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler, easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action 
and the only reason why people ultimately buy. Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver away. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Away. For more information, click the link in the show notes. Brandon Webb is a former U.S. Navy SEAL sniper. He is a New York Times best-selling author, experimental aircraft pilot, and entrepreneur. He's the founder of The Hurricane Group, a U.S.-based media and e-commerce company focusing on outdoor, military entertainment, news, and clubs. The website for that is hurricane.media. Brandon has co-authored a number of books with our own John David Mann, including The Red Circle, The Making of a Navy SEAL, Among Heroes, and The Killing School. And I can tell you that John has a huge, huge amount of respect for Brandon in terms of character and always speaks very highly of him. Brandon and John's newest book is Total Focus, Make Better Decisions Under Pressure. It's an absolutely brilliant read. I recommend it highly. You can learn more about it at brandontylerweb.com. That will be listed in the show notes. Best of all, Brandon has graciously agreed to share some wisdom from the book with us today. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, Bob. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Now, the book begins very auspiciously. And I, if you don't mind, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to read the first paragraph sure. and ask you to explain how this sets up really every one of the brilliant lessons that you're going to teach within the book. Uh, again, this is you as a Navy SEAL sniper. Staring through my scope at the man in my crosshairs, I take a slow breath. An Afghan farmer an Afghan farmer with a rifle slung casually over his shoulder. A farmer who looks a lot like someone trying not to look like someone who's up to something he shouldn't be. I feel the pressure of my finger against the metal trigger. Wow. Tell us the story. What then happened 12 years later in a business setting and the lessons you receive from both? What that opening paragraph is about is you know we're put into these sometimes in life and in business we're put into these situations where you know we're forced to make a decision and you know hopefully it's the right one and in that case as a sniper i was doing a sniper overwatch so we had a team that was clearing a village and i was responsible for that team's safety mm-hmm. in afghanistan and you know in that split moment i could have pulled the trigger given the current rules of engagement in afghanistan in 2001 but made the decision not to based on all the input and and it ended up being the right decision the the point is later on in business and any and any time we're faced with you know, whether it's a sometimes a life or death decision or, or a critical decision in business i think we have to live with the consequences afterwards so had i pulled the trigger and been right, you know, maybe the rules of engagement are on my side, but, you know, in, in my heart of hearts knew that the guy was probably not a, a bona fide threat mm-hmm. and I would have had to live with that decision. Fast forward to business. I remember when, you know, I, I wasn't always successful in business. I lost my first company, um, horribly, um, like my life savings, my, friends and family money, we, we lost $4 million, but, but an incredible amount of 
lessons in there. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, I'd rebuilt a, this media business and we had our first serious unsolicited acquisition offer for $15 million. And at the time, the business was was you know, just about just under three years old. So, you know, zero to to uh, almost three years and getting that kind of offer. And, and I own the business myself. I don't have any partners. Was a was a significant event, um, and so I was forced to really like focus on the situation and really do my due diligence. And what I ended up deciding was to pass on the deal. I just didn't. There was no alignment with my personal and business core values uh, with, with the acquiring company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it ended up being the right deal that the, the business was, was actually uh, backed by Bob Pittman, who's the MTV billionaire. Um, his uh, private equity group called the Pilot Group had stood up this media company and they were just mashing together all these different sites to kind of put something together. But what I noticed when I did my due diligence was that there was really no strategy and, and without them knowing it, cause I had a, a meeting with the executives and, and I went and when I left that meeting with the executives, they unbeknownst to them, I went and walked around mm-hmm. the offices and started talking to people and, and was asking them like, what is, what is the mission of the company? Um, what are you guys doing? And nobody, nobody knew the answer right. and that's scared the hell out of me. <laughs> so um, and that business ended up going under right. several years later. Right. So. Well, there were two two lessons I, I took from that. Uh, one is that both took an incredible amount of focus to make the decision you make. And it was split-second focus in a way, and yet it wasn't split-second because it was the culmination of everything you had been learning. That split-second decision not to pull the trigger uh, on the Afghan farmer was basically a calculation in your head based on everything you had learned to that point, if I'm not mistaken, and, and the same in, in, with the business decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, and I, I think that um, you know, decision-making is it's a critical learned skill, you know, to try mm-hmm. and remove, you, you want to try and remove as much emotion from the equation as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you're, you know, you're, we call it a gut feeling, but it's really a culmination right. of all, all of our past experiences. And so, um, you know, I try and put myself mm-hmm. around a really core group of people that, that I want to emulate that are, that are better than myself. Some of them featured in the book. Right. Exactly. Um, Cause you know, we, I mean, I don't, know who to attribute the saying to, but we are who we hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I truly do, do believe that. Well, there are seven principles you take us through in the book. Now, they're all powerful. And, and really, Brandon, I'll just tell you, I could spend three hours with you right now if we if we could and, and go through them in detail. <laughs> yeah. It was such a fascinating book and, and uh, it was wonderful. But time doesn't allow that. And so I want to touch on as many of them as, as we can in a, a short period of time. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i list all of them, by the way, in the show notes. But if you're listening, you want to get the book and learn the specifics because not only does he show us how, but as Brandon just, just uh, mentioned, he introduces us to someone new after every Every lesson, someone who applied those principles in their own lives uh, to attain huge success, fascinating stories. Let's begin with principle number one, front sight focus. What is it and how does it work? Sure. So, you know, I feature my friend um, in this chapter, Joe Applebaum, who has a digital marketing agency, but, but really the, the inspiration behind the, the front sight focus, how it relates to me personally was 
Um, and, and I think this is something a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with because I see a lot of young entrepreneurs as, as a member of the New York chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. Um, I see this this all over the place and it's it's a lack of focus. Like I see people that have a little bit of success in business, but they're then they're like, oh, I'm going to start up three other three other companies on the side. And it's just they never scale up past. Mm-hmm. Usually I what I see is they, they just can't get over that million, million and a half revenue mark. And it's because lack of focus. And I remember myself having lost my first business, was invested in a in a textile company, actually the a company that invented the original shark diving suit called Neptunic. The owner, a founder, had invented these fascinating like synthetic blends of material trying to make a modern shark suit and what what he found out was that these material blends were very um, uh, resistant to stab and cut so you could basically have a t-shirt that couldn't be stabbed or, or slashed through mm-hmm. with a with a knife and uh, agencies like the air marshals on airplanes who are worried about stab threat more than guns like very applicable so I was in that company. I was starting a different business, like a, a line of shooting ranges. And I mean, I was all over the map. And I remember this guy, uh, Todd, called me up to give shooting lessons. And now everybody asked me for shooting lessons because of sure. my sniper history. Of course. And, you know, it's like I don't mind going with my friends, but it's the last thing I want to do is, is give somebody shooting lessons, especially – you know, learning through life, our time is our most valuable asset. So this guy calls me up and I say, you know what, I, I'm really not doing that, but if you want to pay me a thousand bucks an hour and 500 an hour for my travel time, I'll do it. So this guy says yes. So <laughs> of course, I, I, I'm like, shoot, here I am driving up to LA. So mm-hmm. I go up there and I spend a fascinating couple of weeks with this guy and he's asking me my story and we're getting to know each other. And he tells me his personal story about focus and he's like look you remind me a lot of myself when i was younger but when i focused on my porsche uh parts and this guy would buy wrecked porsches like a turbo porsche off an insurance company for five ten thousand and parted out for a quarter of a million dollars very successful business but he's like yeah i was all over the map and had all these different businesses and none of them were kind of being successful um and i almost imagine it as watering a garden like a very big garden and by the time you get back to the first plant you watered it's Mm -hmm. like almost dead Mm -hmm. um it's just really hard to do and and so he told me the story and he he said you know what you should focus more pick one thing and focus on it and and when he called me back for a a lesson a week later i declined because i said look i'm taking your advice to heart and i'm focusing on one business and that ended up being my uh, media and e-commerce business today and you know we've had incredible incredible growth mm-hmm. um, you know we're the company today is valued at, at over 100 million dollars um, and you know we it's just been a, a wild ride but it's all because i've focused and i've learned the power of no like to say mm-hmm. no to opportunity mm-hmm. it's tough to translate it to bring it back to my time as a sniper instructor and a sniper you know being a sniper on the scope is very like in a Zen state of meditation almost where you have to f- focus on this like singular 
singular moment and, and we call it in marksmanship front sight focus where this front sight is crystal clear mm-hmm. and that's it's kind of like in yoga or meditation they call it the third eye right so it's like what you're focus on and and you know it's it's something that i've seen and like it's proven out in my friends and with me personally so i i believe in it and this book in particular is about it's not some book you know that some academic wrote about principles of business these are real lessons and experience shares from myself and people that have had their teeth kicked in mm-hmm. and bounced back and had an incredible amount of success. So it's, it's very real, um, these experiences in the book. Okay, so let's go from front sight focus to principle number two, which is total situational awareness. And um, you begin this chapter with the story of the three American uh, men, two were servicemen, who stopped a potential terrorist attack on a high-speed train on its way to Paris. This was back in 2015. I'm sure most of us remember this. Uh, would you share the uh, the lesson with us? Yeah, so, you know, situational awareness is, is another big one. Uh, and, you know, and I told the story on the train because had those guys, U.S. servicemen, not been paying attention, that, you know, that guy trying to shoot people on the train and him getting his gun jammed, he could have cleared the jam and it would have been a very different outcome had those Mm -hmm. U.S. servicemen not been paying attention and and having an elevated situational awareness. And I see this in a lot of legacy legacy companies um, where people don't pay attention to market trends. Um, And I remember the other day I was reading an article on PayPal and PayPal was originally designed as a, a payment platform from Palm Pilot to Palm Pilot. Mm-hmm. And they did this like quick patch on the, on the internet. And what they found was this, this patch was being used, this payment patch on the internet was being used and adopted at a rapid rate by eBay customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they almost killed it. They almost shut it. Out. They looked at it as like, "Oh, this is crazy. This is what not what we intended it for. Mm-hmm. We need to shut this this down." And you know how the, the rest of the story goes. Mm-hmm. They they didn't, but it ended up becoming their core business. So when I see situational awareness in business, it's market trends. Well, here's here's one of the lessons from that though too. Um, that and this goes back again to your your sniper days, where you explain that what most of us don't realize—I certainly didn't—when it comes to, to being a sniper—that most of your time and effort does not revolve around shooting and marksmanship. Just like when you're CEO of a company, as you are, uh, most of your time is not necessarily uh, making the decision to buy or sell or this or that. Much of it is in the reconnaissance. It's that uh, again, that total. Uh, situational awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's something I I try to really stay out of the weeds these days in the business because when you're kind of down in and in, in the weeds, it's hard to really focus on the big picture, right? The, the big the overall situational awareness. Um, what I call the in skydiving terms, the you know the twenty thousand foot view mm-hmm. is something I always try and and make sure that I I have that awareness because yeah if i hadn't have kind of seen the 
advertising landscape changing and prepared for it and, and really focused on investing in, in our digital subscriptions and deciding to launch the e-commerce business and, and really leverage our own audience to, to boost that e-commerce business, um, you know, we, we wouldn't be where we're at today. I mean, and that, that business has been extremely successful for us. We did almost $4 million our first year just in e-commerce. One quick question before we go, and this is actually from another one of the uh, one of the principals. But you tell a great story about how businesses, a small business, might think that they are really up against a Goliath in a big business, which they might be, but that they have no no chance. And yet, the big business is is worried about the agility of the small business. It had to do with taking action. You you call it violence of action. It's really not about violence. It's about taking action. Tell us the story about Hobie. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite stories. I was I was in New York and and I was listening to Hobie, who had left Nike to run Skull Candy when he was running, I think, a division at Nike. And he said how, you know, they would get these small companies to come in and they were just so awestruck and terrified at the, the, the behemoth that Nike was. And he said what the, the dirty secret that they didn't realize, like the executive team at Nike would have would host these small companies. <laughs> and they were like, we're terrified of right, these guys because right. they, they can move so fast, you know? And, and that's something that, that I personally um, try and maintain as a competitive advantage is is we can act very quickly in in the marketplace where our large competitors cannot, um, and, and that's something that you know it's really important to me, and, and that that comes from a lot of my time in the special ops unit and and taking that special ops model where. And I look for the team members that that join us. I look for people that are smart, independent, self-driven. I'm a huge fan of the triangle offense, which I, which is Phil Jackson. You know, seven titles in the NBA, um, because the triangle offense works because each player is allowed to be autonomous and make decisions on the fly and adapt to their changing landscape. And that's how I run my business and. And it's a competitive advantage when I have people that can literally make a decision. If it's a, if it's a Facebook ad that got disapproved for something, they know that they can make the change, resubmit the ad, and, and we're up and running on on Facebook wow. again. Well, but, you know what? There's, there. You can, by the way, you can tell in the background. There's a lot going on where you are. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but that's great. It means things are happening. It means people are taking action. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more we could talk about, but I'm going to ask people to get the book. It is really fantastic. Brandon Webb, former Navy SEAL sniper, founder of the Hurricane Group, and co-author with John David Mann of their latest, Total Focus, Making Better Decisions Under Pressure. Uh, Again, I can't recommend this book any higher. Great wisdom for all of us, and it will make a fantastic gift to others. Find out more at brandontylerwebb.com, or you can get it at your local bookseller. All that is in the show notes. Thank you so much, Brandon. Best wishes for continued success. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Sincerely, I'm, I'm a big fan uh, of the Go-Giver. My, my dad read it. And I couldn't I believe know, the John Mann connection. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, keep up the good work, man. Main takeaway I received from Brandon is that you don't have to be a Navy SEAL to make sure your focus is in the right place. 
and that you're well prepared to make the decisions that truly count. How can you take Brandon's advice and apply it to your own life? Please feel free to write to me at bobatberg.com and let me know your thoughts. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.